0: were you guys ready for some summer heat? Lots of triple digits coming up this week, I see, in the weather report. Uh, as we started our series in Ecclesiastes last Sunday, we saw that you can't get away from the cycle of life, including the weather. Yeah, you can't escape the evil of this world. You can't get no satisfaction, and you can't ever make it all fair. And and the only hope for wisdom, knowledge, and joy is to be good in God's sight, which can only happen through the salvation that Jesus offers. Now, this morning, we're headed back to Ecclesiastes, uh, where we will visit the words of the preacher once again. So this time, we're going to chapter 3. And as you're turning there uh, to Ecclesiastes 3, let me remind you, as Brother Scott did about our annual business meeting tonight at 530 followed by an ice cream social and everybody's invited to come uh, for a special time of fellowship and we're going to be going over the annual budget we will also have our deacon and officer election uh, okay let's read here in ecclesiastes 3 starting to verse number one to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has set the world in their heart. So that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So let's look at chapter 3 today. And our topic uh, for this morning, session 2 in our series is called In His Time. In His Time. The notes are in your bullets if you want to follow along with us. And they're also on the YouVersion app. We have some kids bulletins out there for you today as well. Now, if you are an accident of nature, where does your purpose come from? If this earth is all there is, where does your purpose come from? And I am thankful that because God is the author of purpose, that he is the only one who offers man a permanent purpose, uh, a reason for living that goes beyond your life here. And as we investigate Solomon's claims about vanity and vexation of spirit here this morning, we're going to be reminded that God is the master builder. He's the master planner. And like we talked about last Sunday, uh, when you study Ecclesiastes, <coughs> you can, uh-oh. <coughs> Let me breathe. Okay, I think we're good. <coughs> We've got the frog out. Uh, When we talk about Ecclesiastes, uh, you can either see it as really bad news that life under the sun is empty and full of trouble, uh, or you can see Ecclesiastes as a reminder of God's incredible gifts to the human race, gifts that call us to his purpose, which is what we're talking about today. Now, let's get into the passage. And first we see that earthly happiness is seasonal. Earthly happiness is seasonal. I think we all know this to be true. Solomon observed it. He laid it out for us in Ecclesiastes. And when you're reading through here, you're like, yeah, he's right. He got that one exactly on. Uh, to everything, there is a season, right? This world runs on times and seasons. you remember that season of life? Uh, when your body was going through all sorts of changes, and uh, your voice changed, right, for guys that was a little more aggressive than ladies. And I still remember uh, I, my voice was changing, and it was my first year uh, that they had put me in high school choir. And I was in ninth grade, and I was singing the tenor part, right, because I had a high voice. And uh, all of a sudden, I was singing along, singing, 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 and it sounded like a, a duck came and started quacking out of my mouth, right? And my voice is going here and there and everywhere, and the choir director looked at me like, what just happened? And, uh, you can no longer be in that, that section of the choir. You got to change. Uh, but then when I tried to sing low, then I'd get squeaky, Right? Deep and wide, deep and wide. Um, And so everybody goes through changes and seasons of life. And uh, we remember what those are like vaguely. Uh, But you know what season you usually are thinking about? The one you're in, right? And that's why uh, the wisdom of, of Ecclesiastes helps us to see God's big picture. Because we usually only think about the season that's happening right now. And that's why you think things like, this is never going to end. This will never be over. That's why kids eight miles into a 200-mile trip say, are we ever going to get there? Because it's a season. And as you read through this list, you're reminded that nothing on this earth is guaranteed to last. You are in a constant state of transition. And so are the things and people around you. Uh, in this past week, I have seen birth announcements uh, from some of our friends, uh, first time grandparents. Uh, I was also deeply saddened to hear that Nathan Holly, uh, the teenage son of Brent and Don Holly, uh, our former missionaries to Nicaragua, uh, passed away after a heart related episode at, at youth camp this week. There is a time to be born. And a time to die. And uh, opposites don't get any more extreme than that. Both events are the catalyst for change, for transition. Both events deal in pain, right? Uh, both events produce lasting memories, maybe celebration. And yet they're so different from each other. The emotions associated with these events are seasonal. And in the moment you feel them so deeply... But those feelings fade over time, whether they're feelings of joy or sorrow, right? And uh, ladies, by the time your your kid turns to be two, uh, you may not remember the joy of his birth because he's going through those terrible twos. You're like, goodness gracious, where'd the joy go, right? Uh, But feelings of sorrow also fade over time. And uh, and there's a time to be, uh, it says next, there's a time to plant, There's also a time to pluck up what is planted. Both actions are part of the same process. Uh, It's interesting that both of those actions are still controlled by the weather. And, And so we've got all these seasons going on. It says there's a time to kill, but there's also a time to heal. And as you read about soldiers from the pages of history, you sometimes find guys who uh, minutes before had been firing weapons at each other, and now one of them is kneeling to help the wounded soldier that he had just shot. Right? The opposites in the earthly cycle are so closely related to each other. Uh, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. And sometimes you laugh so hard that you cry. Right? How many of you have ever laughed so hard that you cried? Yeah, it happens to quite a few people, right? Yeah, there is a time to mourn and a time to dance. And my mama told me that the time for me to dance had ended, right? Like I should never do it again. And then my wife confirmed it for me. She said, please don't ever do that again. And uh, so I, I don't dance anymore. My time for dancing is over. Uh, It's all seasonal. Uh, There is a constant state of transition. Oh, thank you. Wow. What are kids for? (laughs) Love them. Thank you. Uh, Look at this next one. It's interesting. Sometimes you cast away stones, and sometimes you gather them together, right? Have you ever seen a kid standing by a rock bed? What does a kid by a rock bed always do, especially if it's a boy who's four years old? He throws all the rocks he can out of the rock bed, right? And then you got grandpa out in the field, what's he doing? He's gathering the stones together. They've got to get them out of the field. There's a season for all of these things. Uh, my youth pastor used to quote this next one on a regular basis. Uh, he'd say, there's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And that time is before you're married, right? And he would give his monthly talk about the public display of affection in youth group. And that's what he always said. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Still remember that. Uh, There's a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. And in modern America, those seasons run into each other all the time. Uh, You drive down the road, and see storage units and more storage units. And then you pass thrift stores where stuff that used to be in the storage units has been donated so that other people can buy it and put it in storage units, right? And you see that in this world, some people are, are hoarders where they just keep collecting junk and other people are minimalists right they get rid of stuff all the time if they uh, they've got rules that they make if we haven't used this in six months we get rid of it right and uh, you see you know their air conditioners out by the road why did you get rid of it we didn't use it for six months like that happens every year it's called winter Uh, but some people are extreme minimalists, and it is seasonal Uh, the toy that made you happy last year soon fades into the distance The app that you spent an hour a day on for the last month uh, no longer captures your interest. Earthly thrills are seasonal. It says that there's a time to rend, get the old seam ripper out, and there's a time to sew. There's a time to keep silence. Now, this is a hard one for some people to process, right? Uh, A time to keep silence and a time to speak. Have you ever noticed that when somebody's good at the first one, being silent, that when they do open their mouths, people line up to hear what they say? Uh, but when somebody won't ever shut up, his words have no value. Uh, and uh, then it says there's a time to love and a time to hate. I've heard that sometimes both things happen in the same love-hate relationship. And there's no accident that the next items are a time of war, and a time of peace, right? And if you've been in relationships, you know that these things happen. These are seasonal. Uh, The emotions are so closely related that if you try to make sense of your purpose in life through seasonal events, you won't ever get there, right? There is no season of your life that will ever tell you what your purpose is. To get to your purpose, you need a big-picture view. That only comes from your Creator, God. He has given us all these seasonal events uh, to exercise our hearts and to prepare us for the main event, which is eternity. Now, let's spend some time looking again at verse 11. He hath made everything beautiful in His time. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart. Now, your study Bible uh, might tell you that the word world there means ages or eternity. And uh, I looked it up in the Hebrew. The Hebrew word is Olam, O L A M. It's used 439 times in the Old Testament. And and here are the English words that olam is translated to. Ever, 272 times. Everlasting, 63 times. Old, 22 times. Perpetual, 22. Evermore, 15. Never, 13. Time, 6. Ancient, 5. World, 4. Always, 3. Long, 2. And more, 2. And uh, so God has put olam in every heart he built a sense of eternity in every soul that's why people want to know about an afterlife that's why people wonder what happens after you die okay if you're a cosmic accident you don't wonder about these things uh, God put the eternity particle inside of you and when you run toward his truth that particle grows into the purpose When you run toward darkness, that particle shrinks into oblivion and you start to say, live it up now, this is all there is. There's no God, there's no judgment, there's no need for hope because nothing happens after you die. See, the only way to make sense of where your life fits into the complex scene around you is to believe in the one who knows how everything, including you, is put together. And you can't get to the beauty of eternal purpose without God. And we're talking about this second section, eternity is in every heart. Eternity is in every heart. And you can't get to that place without God. Uh, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world... Even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. That's from Psalm 90, verse number 2. And when mortal men make grand and certain statements against God, it's only because they fail to consider their own mortality. When they talk as if they know everything about the future, uh, just remember that they fit into Ecclesiastes 3 like everybody else. And God says that no man can find out the work that God makes from the beginning to the end. Do you know there are cemeteries filled with the vain ideas of those who had everything figured out? Right? They had everything figured out. The path to purpose only goes through God. Better yet, He is the path to purpose. And he has graciously placed eternity smack dab in the middle of your heart so that you will fear eternal death and seek eternal life. He wants you to know that this empty world isn't all there is. Now, let's move down into a section uh, toward the end of the chapter, and let's talk about this third part, an appointment with physical death. Go down to verse number 18. An appointment with physical death. I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men that God might manifest them and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them. As the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath. So that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. So, Solomon's saying, hey, in the scheme of this world under the sun, uh, everything dies, right? Nothing is more important than anything else. Uh, Look at verse 20. All go unto one place. All are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better and that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what be after him? So Solomon says, let's all go unto one place. And this speaks of the physical body returning to the dust from which it came. Uh, it's so interesting to me that when God formed the first man, he called him Adam. And when you look up the meaning of that word Adam... You know what it means? From the earth. Right? Uh, Another definition for it is son of the red dirt. I kind of like that one, right? What's your name? Son of the red dirt. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, As soon as Adam and Eve sinned, their bodies, which were perfect and uh, would live eternally, immediately entered the process of physical death. Right? Now, did you know Did you enter the process of physical death before you even knew how to say the word death? Right? Before you could say any words, your body was already in the process of physical death. Later, we're reminded in 1 Corinthians 15 that in Adam, right, from from the earth, son of the red dirt, in Adam all die. Every creature is facing the certainty of death It's something that all of us deal with. You can't escape it. Uh, Maybe it was your fish or your hamster. Maybe it was your grandpa or your cousin. Part of life is experiencing death. And although the fact of physical death is clearly evident, the spirit involved is not easily understood. Did you catch that in verse 20? Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward? And the spirit of the beast, that go it downward. Uh, it's not easily understood. And once again, this takes us back to where verse 11 takes us, into the territory of eternity, right? When it comes to the spirit, you can either rely on human intellect, your own or somebody else's, or you can rely on God's revealed word, Now, because I am aware of the fact that all the great intellectuals in history all died, I'm going to rest on God's revealed word regarding my eternal spirit. And make no mistake, this is not some mysterious thing that God's trying to hide from all of us. He wants us to know. In fact, in 1 John 5, he said this. This is the record that God has given unto us Eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has life. And he that has not the son has not life. You'll often hear people say, Well, I'm just going to do my best down here. And when I stand before God, he'll weigh my good and bad to decide if I should get into heaven. Okay, not to be rude, but that is utter nonsense. Okay, that is man made religion. Getting into heaven is not about what you do. It's about what Jesus already did for you. And you don't have to wait to find out whether or not you have eternal life. You can know that for certain today. First uh, John 5.13 says that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. I know that I have eternal life because in August of 1984, as a 12-year-old boy, I receive Jesus as the only way to God and unless Jesus comes back someday I will physically die I am mortal just like everybody else it's not really a question of if it's just a question of when I have an appointment with physical death as the old Southern Baptist preacher RG Lee used to say if I knew where I was gonna die I just wouldn't go there but you know, Dr. Lee didn't know, and he went to glory back in 1978. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. So let's talk about this last part, an appointment with judgment. An appointment with judgment. I want you to go back now in Ecclesiastes 3, And let's go back to verse number 14. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, that man should fear before him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment. That wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. Now, later, as we get toward the end of the class, Ecclesiastes, we see a piercing truth God will bring every work into judgment. With every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And at some time, after that appointment with physical death, every soul will be judged. It's going to happen. And if you rest on your own righteousness, your judgment will certainly be a second death. Now, did you catch what he said earlier? It is appointed unto man once to die. Everybody's appointed... (laughs) Once to die. Why that came in handy. You know, that was a big deal. Um, everybody's appointed once to die, but you don't have to die a second time. right? You're going to die physically. You don't have to face eternal death. Jesus already bled and died to keep you from having to face everlasting death. He offers freedom co- from condemnation. He offers mercy so powerful that it rises above judgment. But if you insist on paying for your own sins, then you will stand before the great white throne of God. And if the verdict comes in that you have committed even one sin, you will be proclaimed guilty. And you'll be sentenced to what Scripture calls eternal damnation. A literal place called hell. And it's not popular to talk about sin these days. Uh, people have all their mantras on this. That's just the way I am, right? I've made a few mistakes, but I'm not a sinner, right? And yeah, you tell people they're a sinner and they go looking for a safe room, right? They start feeling a little woozy. Uh, preaching about sin is apparently one of the worst things you can do in 2022, now, it would seem like actually doing sin against God would be the worst thing. Come to think of it, maybe it is, huh? Right? But, but if you think people get upset about hearing of their sinfulness, multiply that by 100 when you talk about a real place called hell, where those who die having rejected Jesus Christ will spend eternity, and they say it is just so mean-spirited and judgmental to talk about eternal torment and flame. How can you call yourself a Christian? God is all about love. He wouldn't send anyone to hell. And you're onto something with that. You maybe didn't know you were, but you are. God wouldn't send anyone to hell, but sin would, and as Satan most certainly would. And he spends every available moment deceiving as many people as he can into going there with him. If you think talking about hell is mean and horrible, you're going to need to take it up with Jesus. Okay, and I want you to look at Luke chapter 17 to see what Jesus said. I'm going to wait just a second for you to get there. If you don't know about this passage, you should. Every boy and girl... Every teenager, every adult should know what Jesus said about hell. Uh, And this this reality uh, is something that we should know because every uh, believer uh, has to be aware of this to to become a child of God. And every unbeliever needs to know about the reality of hell. Uh, Before you can understand the opportunity of heaven you got to comprehend the place already reserved for you in hell. Uh, You are not born headed to heaven. You are born condemned already to eternal death. And Jesus is the only way out. Now look at this, uh, what Jesus said, verse number 19, Luke 16. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and said, "Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame." But Abraham said, "Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth good things, and like evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented." Beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Now Jesus is talking here about a real place. A horrible place that you wouldn't wish upon anyone. And if you've never heard the truth about hell, you may be even stunned right now. Because culture always tells you two things. Uh, First, culture tries to tell you there is no God, but number two, if there is a God, he's a loving God who accepts everybody like they are. Now, culture is totally wrong on number one, there is a God. But they're also absolutely wrong on number two, God accepts no one as they are. No one, not me, not you, not anybody. In his holiness, that is impossible. God only accepts us on his terms, and those terms are found only in Jesus Christ. And and so if you rest on your own righteousness, you are doomed to a second death in hell. But if you rest on the righteousness of Jesus, your judgment will be eternal life. Wait, did you just put judgment And eternal life in the same sentence, I did. Uh, When you receive Jesus, you are free from the judgment of your sins. All of them. Every single one. Past, present, and future. They're covered by his righteous blood. And yes, believers will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But that is not a judgment of our sins. It's a judgment of our works. It will reveal the believer's vanity versus the believer's treasure. We'll talk more about that later in the series. Uh, For today, come back to the fact that you have two appointments and they're connected. You have an appointment with physical death, okay? It's coming. You may feel invincible today, but seasons change, right? And you may feel like you're going to live forever, but nobody does. And when that appointment with death comes, if you have... Receive Jesus and his righteousness to cover your sins, it means you have chosen to pay for them yourself for all eternity. But if you receive Jesus as your one and only Savior, your last breath on this earth will be your first breath in the presence of God. And uh, this reminds us of our theme for today's message. I love Ecclesiastes 3.11 where it tells us that God has made all things beautiful in his time. And it's our faith challenge this morning. In every season of life, in every purpose, God offers to make things beautiful for those who trust in his plans. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Uh, The New Testament version of this is found in Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. I promise you today, uh, whatever season of life you're in, God is good. His plans for you are good, and you can trust in His purpose. No matter what situation or circumstance you face, you can trust in God. He makes all things even me, even you, beautiful in his time. Now Ecclesiastes 3 is this masterpiece on life under the sun versus eternity being given in our hearts. Physical death versus spiritual life. And there's so much in this that God has given us. and as we go forward in this series, uh, I look forward to covering more of Ecclesiastes with you. And because it's a five-week Sunday month, we've got three more messages in Ecclesiastes, right? So we've got the 17th, the 24th, and the 31st. And yeah, so I hope you'll be here for those. And if you uh, are going out of town, you have summer vacation, things like that, uh, then do the podcast or watch online. And yeah, we're always... Happy to see you be able to go do those things, and I hope you enjoy your time. Uh, I hope you're not camping this week, though. Uh, just just saying, it's going to be like 104 degrees, right? And it's not going to cool off below 90 till midnight. So, uh, not trying to discourage you or anything, but uh, if you have a camper, hopefully it has an air conditioner, um, <laughs> But boy, we're glad that you came this morning. And you know, these cycles of life, these seasons of life, they can weigh you down a little bit. And you may be going through a season right now that you've never faced before. It may be a season in your family or in your health or your finances. You look around our world at the news. We're going through some crazy things in our society. But come back to the promise he has made everything beautiful in his time god's purpose isn't seasonal it's forever and uh, i don't know about you but i just want to be on the eternal purpose team right i don't want this to be all there is Uh, if this is all there is i'm in big trouble Uh, and so are you Yeah, so let's encourage ourselves in the Lord this week and let's pray together. Father, thank you that we could come this morning and be together in this place to hear from you. And I pray as we look back through Ecclesiastes 3 that we will uh, be so thankful for a God who has placed eternity in our heart. A God who has placed purpose, uh, available, to any human being who will trust in him. And then I pray that you'd help us to trust in you no matter what season we're in uh, through this week. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.